Well, amen and glory to that, right? I've got Jesus. How could I want more? If we've got Jesus, we've got everything we need. Praise the Lord for Jesus and his death on the cross. If you'll take your Bibles this morning, open to the book of Romans chapter 5. As you're turning there, we remember that Paul was writing to the church in Rome. He was... He has already told them how everyone was a sinner. There's no one that was righteous, not a Jew, not a Gentile. But then he gave the hope for that that was through Jesus Christ and our faith in him that we could all be justified, we could all be made right with him. And today, picking up as we're studying in Romans about the foundation of our faith, I think you will be excited today. Today is one of those sermons that really looks at us and talks about the peace we have. In the world we live today, without Christ, there is no peace. People are able to look at believers in Christ and tell there is a difference. There is a peace that we have. And today I want us to talk about the reasons for our peace. Our being the believers of God. And we're going to do that with the three P's. So we're going to be looking at the three P's for peace. So if you don't get the P idea before we're finished, come and see me afterwards and I'll share it with you again. But peace, I believe we all have. And we need to understand why we have it so that we can share it with others. And I believe as we go further in life, this peace within us is going to show more and more shining light into the dark world that we live and people will begin to ask. But I want us to understand how it is that we have this peace. I could ask any of you, and many of you I have, and we've talked over time of how you have had peace through difficult situations. Many of you that I'm looking at, I have walked through that valley of death with you, a loss of a loved one. And you have shared with me about a peace that just is there. We talk about that peace that passes understanding. I've walked through the valley with some of you and going through job changes, the idea of losing a job. Many changes have happened, but yet each of you would share the peace that you had despite the circumstances around you. And today we're going to understand it a little bit better when we leave. If you would stand with me as we read God's word out of Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us for when we were still without strength in due time christ died for the ungodly for scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but god demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us 
much more than having now been justified by his blood, we have been saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Father God, I thank you for your word. And Father, I ask right now, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears, Lord, to behold wonderful things from your word, Father, as you speak to us this morning. Father, change our lives. And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. Looking at the reason for our peace, the first P is for the promise, excuse me, the present life of hope. Each of us as a born-again believer are living in the present life of hope. Everyone as a born-again believer has hope, and we see that in those first set of verses. We have hope that there is a peace within us. This hope that we hold to it tells us, verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. I don't want to be at odds with God. I don't know about you. I like peace with God. Amen? And I have the hope of that peace because I have been justified by God. We have been acquitted of all of the penalty of our sins, and he looks at us and treats us as if we're righteous. Church, we were sinners. We were opposed to God. But because of his love and our faith in his son, we have been justified. I want you to notice that having been justified, it's already happened. It's not something we earn. It's not something we're working toward. The moment we accepted Jesus Christ, he said, you're acquitted of all of your sin. How is it that we can go before a holy God into his throne room as a believer and pray because we've already been acquitted of our sins? We don't have to clean ourselves up to come to him. He said we are justified. We have been. It's already happened through our faith that he says, now I'm not holding any penalty of sin against you, and I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to treat you as that you have done everything to fulfill perfect holiness because you accepted it through my son, Jesus Christ. And it says there through that faith, that firm commitment, Moving beyond as we would look today in belief of just believing something, but so much belief that we count it as already happened. We have put a firm commitment in Jesus Christ, atoning death on the cross for us. So we're able to hold to that hope, that peace with God. But I love how it says there that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. We don't have peace with God through ourselves. Because if that was so, there would be some days that I wouldn't have peace with God. I'm not always right. Oftentimes I sin, and I think about that when I sin, that there I am driving a nail 
into the hands of Jesus. How in the world could I go to his father? Because I have a peace, because he's already said all that's taken care of. As a believer, we've been acquitted. He's treating us as righteous. It's through his son, Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, through him we also, we have access by faith into this grace. We have. Now we've moved from past. The moment we accepted Christ, we were acquitted of the penalty of all of our sin. And now we have access to this grace, this favor from God. What is this favor from God that we have but the acquittal of our sin? Because of Christ and because of our faith, we have this right now. We still live today. Every day you live justified in the eyes of a holy God. If that doesn't give you peace and a hope in this world, I don't know what does. And it says that we stand, again, present right now, we can stand and rejoice in the happy hope of the glory of God. We can stand today with the hope that one day we're going to be in the presence of God Almighty. It doesn't matter what we do from this point forward. Now, let me pause there. That does not, we know Scripture says, that doesn't just give us the free ticket to go and sin all we want. Some people think it is. Well, he's forgiven me. It doesn't matter. When Christ died on the cross, the penalty for our sin was taken care of from then for all of eternity. The moment we receive Christ, we've been justified, we've been put right with him. He doesn't see that sin in our life and the penalty of separation from him is gone. Now, we have an obligation and a responsibility out of love for God to live by his commands because he sets those up for our benefit. But we can live in peace in the present hope of life today knowing that when God looks at you, he sees a son or a daughter. He doesn't see an enemy any longer. We can go to him. We can rejoice. If we see there also, it goes into verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory. That glory there is the same word as rejoice that we saw a while ago. We can take pride in. We can boast in tribulations. I know what you're saying. I said it that, oh, wait just a minute. You want me to boast in my tribulation? Well, first of all, we have to understand what is this tribulation? This is not tribulation or distress from something that we have caused. Yes, we go through some difficult times in our life because of the sin that we do. I'm not going to go around boasting to you about my sin and the tribulation that's come upon me because of that. But this tribulation is brought on by outward circumstances. Tribulation brought on because of your love for Christ. A Christian life, church, is not an easy life. I'm not going to paint that picture for you. It's difficult because people that are not born-again believers are against and opposed to us and they make it difficult but we can rejoice in this tribulation in these outward circumstances that bring us 
distress because we know that it produces perseverance. It gives us endurance. We can go the extra mile because of what it does in our life. The runner that runs track, he doesn't run track and run a whole marathon the first time he gets out there. You have to work at it. He has to do it. My brother-in-law, he runs marathons, and he begins before time working up to them. He runs a little bit, and he's got some pain, but he pushes on, and every day he goes a little bit further. You go to the gym, and you, you lift those weights. None of us in here would be able to bench press 150 pounds the first time we grab it. But we work at it. But you know it causes discomfort. But we push through and we keep going. And before long, we're running a little further. We're bench pressing a little more. We can keep going. It produces this perseverance and this perseverance produces a character within us. That character is one that has been tried and tested and proven. You see, how do we get proven through our working out? How do we get improved through our working? Our character stands up as we run more. You run further in a shorter amount of time. You go more laps. Well, with God, as we go through difficulties and we go through this perseverance and this distress and these tribulations and we keep our eyes focused on God because of the hope we have in him, then we know that we're going to have a character that comes out that's tried and true. But it's not only that the presence of the hope or the endurance of the hope, but also the assurance of the hope. Verse 5 tells us that now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We have the assurance of hope within us. The moment of salvation, not sometime later, the moment of salvation, Holy Spirit comes and Holy Spirit dwells within us we have the assurance of the hope of who god is and god's love because he sent us the holy spirit let me read to you it's not going to be on the screens but let me read to you from ephesians chapter 1 ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise and glory of God. Until we're redeemed, until we're brought up, God has purchased us, and until we're brought up to him, we've been sealed for that day by Holy Spirit. He is our guarantee. He is our uh, gift of God of an inheritance. See, God gave us Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit's going to be with you. That's your sign. Until I come again and take you also, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us that God gave Holy Spirit for a seal to us as a promise. So we're assured of this hope that we have. You see this present life of hope, that's how we have peace because we have a hope of a proven character of God that resides within us. Amen? Does that excite y'all? He's there. 
He's with us. We have that hope. But also the, the next P is we have this peace or this hope that we can live through because of the past life of Christ. There's where it all started. What it's all about is the past life of Christ. Verse 6 tells us, For when we were still without strength in due time or in the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. In the past, it already happened, Christ has died for the ungodly. Who are the ungodly? Those who violate the norms of a relationship with the deity. Those who are against God. Does that make any sense to you? Because I have some problems sometimes in my mind trying to understand that Christ died for people who were against him. What love the Father has for us. What hope we have of this past life of Christ says, for scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. You know, for a righteous man, a person that's on the right path, going the right direction, it says scarcely someone would die. A parent in here might would say, I would be willing to die for my child. But how many of you in here would just be willing to die for someone else just because they're a righteous person? I don't know about you, but I'm probably not going to be the first one to stand up to that. And it says there, maybe even dare to die for one who is good. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean I'm going to die for you. But we have that hope of the past life. We have that peace because Christ did that very thing. Here it is. Here is this past life of Christ that God demonstrated his own love to us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God provided evidence of his love for us. Without a doubt, evidence that God loves us because he sent his son not to die for the righteous man. He didn't send his son to die for the good man. But God so loved everyone that he sent his son to die for the sinner, the one who was opposed to him, the one who hated him, the one who wanted nothing to do with him. But God loves us, and he knew without his son's death, we would be eternally separated from him. God created us. God loves us. He wanted us to be brought to him. And he said, I'm going to show you for a fact how great my love is that even though you might die for a righteous or a good man, I don't know anyone in here who would be willing to die for an evil man. Is there a one of you in here today that would be willing to go down to Angola for someone that you don't know that has murdered someone or whatever it may be in their due death row, any of you in here will walk in and say, Judge, execute me in his place. There's not a one if we're honest. Our love isn't great enough, but God's love is great enough that that's exactly what he did. He said every person in creation is doomed to a life in a burning hell, separated from me, 
but I love them all enough that even though they're opposed to me and they've done exactly what I told them not to, I'm going to send my son to die for them, to take their place. If you notice that he demonstrates, it's in the the presence there that he loves us even now that while in the past we were sinners, we're no longer sinners in God's eyes because we've been justified. We've been acquitted of that because of what his son had done. So we have this past life of Christ, but also we have the promise life of reconciliation, the promise life. You see, we look at where we are today. We're living in hope because of what happened in the past, the life of Christ, but we can look forward forward amen that's how we get up every day church that's how we go out of the house that's how we live life by looking forward and we have the promised life of reconciliation verse 9 much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath right now in the present we have been justified remember what i said that was a while ago we have been made right with God in his eyes. Everything needed, sins acquitted for. He looks at us, he treats us as righteous right now, but because of that and because of his blood in the future, we'll be saved from his wrath. God has a future judgment. And because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we bypass the judgment seat of life or death. It's already been answered. You see, this wrath of God is looking toward a future judgment with a punitive sense. People who refuse to receive the gift of God will stand. I don't, let's say it this way. They'll probably be on their face before an angry God. And his wrath will look down on them. And out of his loving heart, I can just hear him saying, I did everything for you. I provided the way. And you chose to reject me. He'll look in that book of life and he'll scroll down and he won't find the name of those who hadn't accepted his son. And his wrath and his judgment will be put out and he'll say, guilty, Depart from me. I never knew you. I wish I could say that that would never happen to anybody. But the word so tells us that so many will be there. But guess what? Not us. As believers... You know what? This wrath, we're going to be saved from that future wrath through Jesus Christ. What's going to happen, church, is that day that we get there, he's going to open up and say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. 
You see, we have the promise of the reconciliation. Verse 10 says us that for when we were enemies, when we were hostile or opposed to God, we were reconciled to him. What happened that moment we accepted Christ is also going to be a foreshadowing of the homecoming when we go back to there. But when we are reconciled, we are reinstated. Our relationship has been reestablished. A reset. There we go, what we're looking at this year. You see, as humans, the moment we come to that point that we are accountable for our sins, our relationship with God has been severed. It's been broken. But the moment we receive through the blood of his son and through faith, we restore that broken relationship. And it tells us there that we were reconciled to who? We were reconciled to God. Our relationship with God has been restored. But it tells us how. Here it is again. I love God lets us know it's not us. Because if it's us, we're going to miss the mark sometime. But we have been, we are reconciled to God through the death of his son tells us there much more having been reconciled, having been reunited to God. It says we shall also be saved by his life. To save or to preserve. God has preserved us in all of eternity from death through the salvation of his son. We don't have to worry. We don't have to live in fear. It's already happened We have been and we shall be the moment we die to go to all of the glory. We shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice or take pride through God, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received the reconciliation. We received it. You know what that means? that we had no active part in this dispensation from God. We received it. It was a gift. We talk all the time about the free gift of salvation. Salvation isn't free. It cost someone. It cost God his son. Just like at Christmas time, you receive a gift. That gift was given freely to you or on your birthday or some other special occasion. Someone gives you a gift. But hopefully, that someone paid for that gift. I say that hopefully as reminded of a time when I was working in the shoe store. And this young man come in and I noticed he put on some shoes and walked out the door and didn't pay for them. I went and tracked down the manager at that time of the shoe store, and the gentleman come back in again. And he began to get another pair of shoes. And the manager illegally followed him out to the car and said, open the trunk of your car. He opened the trunk. He had 13 pairs of shoes from our store when asked first of all how he did it he said no one ever greeted me that was our number one rule in the company you're to greet everyone who walks in the door he said no one ever greeted me why did you do it 
He said, it's Christmas time and I want gifts for my kids. And I looked at him and I said, I'm sure your love to your kids would be appreciated more than them knowing you stole something to give it to them. God didn't steal anything for us. He chose to sacrifice his own son to pay the price so that we could be reconciled to him. So how is it that we can live this life that we now live? What's the reason for our peace? Each of us can walk out of here today, I hope, with a renewed sense of the peace that's within you. You have peace because the present life you're living in is full of hope. And we know in the Bible, this hope talks not just about a a lackadaisical hope, but a, a hope with confidence. We know that these things are for sure. We have the presence of hope in our life right now. We have the endurance of that hope. We've gone through difficulty. God has proven himself, tried and true, and he gives us the assurance of this hope of our salvation because he says, I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in each and every one of you. That's the present that we live in right now. We can have peace because of that. We can have peace, and we have a, a reason for peace because of the past life of what Christ did. Christ paid the price, not us. Christ offers us his death. That alone is enough to have peace in your life, knowing that it's already been paid for. And we can also have peace in our life because we're promised a day, a guaranteed day designated for each and every one of us, a guaranteed day to be reconciled to be in the presence of Christ. How many of you are looking forward to that day that you'll be able to kneel, will be able to look up and see Christ? How many of you are ready for that day? Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. See, we're promised all these things. We can live life today because we have been promised those But I must tell you something about that promise. It's not a promise as anyone on this earth has ever promised you. Because I'm sure all of us in here have experienced a broken promise from someone. Amen? Most of us have sometime in life. But guess what? It's not a person, it's not a human living in a broken world making you this promise. God Almighty promises that faith in his son guarantees reconciliation. How do we go through difficult times? How do we go through deaths? How do we go through job changes? How do we go through not knowing if there's a job? How do we go through there's someone sick with COVID and they're in the hospital and they're on the ventilator? How do we go through needing to go in and have a procedure done on our heart? We go in as believers with peace because we know who holds the future. But not only that, because we live in the present, looking back at what's happened so that we can look forward. Regardless of what you're going through now, keep your eyes looking forward and holding for the promise because there's coming a day 
that Christ will return to receive us to himself. You see, our God is love. And his promises, you can take them to the bank and guarantee they will be fulfilled. May you bow your heads. Father God, I thank you that, Father, you allow us the privilege of living in peace through your Son in a world that is anti-peace, in a world that is full of turmoil, division, confusion, and hatred. But, Father, as a believer, I have peace in spite of it all. And, Father, it's because of you. Father, I can live right now with hope for every day because I know who I belong to. Father, I am thankful that I can look back and see the evidence of your love demonstrated for me. And Father, help me to keep my eyes focused in the future with that promised reconciliation. Just ask now that you leave your 